Hey, everybody. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Jess. And we are two internet friends exploring the intersection of independent business and rails. Welcome to the first episode of Indie Rails. Hey, everybody. I'm Jeremy Smith. I'm a designer developer. I work in Rails and I run a tiny one person web studio called Hybrid. And I currently do long-term retainer contracts with small organizations and solo founders, partnering with them to build and maintain their Rails applications. My name is Jess Brown, and like Jeremy, I'm an independent Rails developer. I partner with companies to also do long-term contracts, and I've been doing this for about 12 years and love talking about Rails. And so why Indy and why Rails? What is this topic and what are we here to talk about? Yeah, so Jess, why indie? I guess because I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I've always wanted to work for myself. Ever since I can remember, I have thought about entrepreneurship and growing up, I worked for my uncle who owned his own company and I just looked at his life and I enjoyed or saw how he lived being independent. He was able to sort of be creative through his business. He worked together with his wife and he employed a lot of his friends. You know, he wasn't like uber wealthy or anything, but he punched above his weight as far as like income goes. And he had lake house, motorcycle, like all the fun toys. <laughs> and I could just tell like running his business gave him a lot of joy. I think that's probably where I first got the mindset of entrepreneurship. And ever since then, I thought about, I wanted to work for myself. And, and also, Indie, I guess we should probably talk a little bit about that. What is it? In my definition, it's a individual or just a small group of people. It could be a single person. It could be a husband, wife. It could be two friends or, or a small group of friends that get together and are chasing the entrepreneurship journey. And I've never worked for a large company before, I guess, being exposed to like smaller businesses. That's what I'm comfortable with. But also I think that's just what I like. I feel like it's probably less stress managing a smaller group of people or just being on your own. Yeah. And nothing against the big companies and making a billion dollars. But mm -hmm. I think that's a little too much stress and too much like importance focusing on that topic. I think it would be hard to have a work-life balance, yeah. at least for me doing that. Yeah, it seems like that's, at least in the industry, that seems to be in the spotlight a lot. And what's not in the spotlight is people that are doing smaller things. It seems like to me. So hearing more about what smaller or medium-sized companies are doing, that's something that I think we need more of. Yeah, I agree. What about you? How did you get to be independent? I think there are a few different things for me for why this is a good fit. First of all, it's kind of a personality thing. I can be kind of a contrarian and I don't mean to be, and it can get on people's nerves, especially the people close to me. <laughs> if I'm always looking for the opposite thing, but that just tends to be what I do. Like when I see a bunch of people doing one thing, I want to do what the opposite is. And there's a part of me that's always pulled that way. And I think another part is I fell in love with the web and building websites in my teens in the mid nineties and the love I had of building and exploring and like making the computer do things was so strong. Like, I feel like I'm still chasing that 
feeling as an adult. It's 25 years later. I still get those same feelings. That's what keeps me energized and going. I'm just not in my bedroom anymore. I'm in my office, but it's still me and, you know, in front of a screen, making the computer do things and building and exploring. And yeah, just that same feeling keeps driving me. And then I think the last thing is, so I have a degree in interdisciplinary studies. I've always been interested in how multiple roles and disciplines come together. Can you explain, Uh, is that what you're doing? Explaining what that is? Yeah, not familiar yeah. With that. yeah, it's kind of a different thing. Most schools don't have a program like this. It's kind of rare, but it's pretty awesome. So you know how like in colleges and universities, they'll have different schools, like there's a school of business, a school of applied science, things like that. Mm-hmm. Well, each school, it's trying to break down the world and have sort of one lens that it looks through. Historians look at the world through the eyes of history, right? And that's only really one perspective it has one set of tools that it can use on the world to investigate the world or manipulate the world. And interdisciplinary studies kind of takes a step back from that and says, well, you know, the world isn't really that simple. It doesn't break down that easily. And a lot of times you need multiple aspects or perspectives, areas of study that come together and converge. And it's not simply like, you know, you put three disciplines in a room together and they know what to do. A lot of times there's work to be done to integrate disciplines together. So this ended up working perfectly for me in wanting to build software because building on the web in particular, there's design, there's programming, there's writing, all these things kind of come together. Communication? Yeah, but it's not just one thing. It can't be. So when designers come to the web, like if you come to the web just with design skills, you don't have everything that's needed to build something. But same with programming, like you come to the web with programming skills, you still have to use design. So they're all related and needed to create things. So for me, that kind of fit me and what I cared about. And one of the only ways that you can work in multiple roles like that and keep a kind of a hand in each of those disciplines is to be small, is to be independent. Because as soon as you get to a larger scale, people specialize. So if you want to be a generalist or you want to work in multiple areas, it's, I think it's a lot harder. You're kind of forced to be siloed. Very Um, specific. Yeah. 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 So this has been a way for me to kind of avoid that and get to spend more time in a variety of disciplines. I have big interest in all the adjacent disciplines to software, you know, including things like marketing or data analysis and all that kind of stuff. So all those things are intriguing to me, but I still want to sort of be in the, at the center of it, which is creating software, particularly for the web. Yeah, that reminds me of back to my uncle's business is that they had to do a lot of stuff. They had to do the accounting. They had to do the receivables and payables and payroll and not just run the day-to-day business. Yeah. That keeps it interesting for someone like me. I like to have multiple experiences and wear many hats, I guess. Yeah. A lot of people say in the businesses that I work in now, I'm on sales calls, talking with customers, talking with other developers. We're planning different features and business strategies. And so it's not just a programming role or writing code. Yeah. I enjoy that part of it too. Yeah, totally. I love writing code, but if that was the only thing I did, I would feel sad. Like it would be really hard. There have definitely been times in my career where I had to do like a a redesign of a site 
So, you know, I'm spending weeks in Photoshop and I would get to a point where I'm like, man, I really want to touch code again. Vice versa, you know, times where I'd be like deep into programming something and want to get back to UI work. And so there's always that for me, at least a desire to like dance around, I guess, into multiple areas. There are some areas I don't want to touch. Like I don't want to do accounting. I don't want to touch stuff. (laughs) I am happy to pay my accountant and know as little as possible about taxes and stuff like that. I don't want to do it. To ease their own. (laughs) Yeah. And that probably doesn't serve me very well in some ways. But for me, like building software and all the adjacent disciplines to that are really exciting to me. Another thing I wanted to say about independence or being indie is that I love hearing stories about how others are successful or unsuccessful as an independent. And I think you touched on earlier that the big wins or the big businesses tend to get a lot of the attention. And there's some people that will highlight the solopreneur that is doing 3 million a year or whatever. But I think there's a lot more out there. And I think there's people that are just showing up to work every day and just crushing it. And I want to find those people and bring them into a talk and hopefully they can share what they know. And I want to surround myself with those kind of people to learn from them and to explore those topics more. Yeah, agreed. Okay, so there's other places where you can talk about indie people, right? Indie hackers. There's lots of places, but why Rails? Why the connection with that? There are several things for me. One of the first is, I don't know if you saw DHH's post. I think it was sometime last year. It was called the One Person Framework. Did you see that? Yeah. I don't agree with everything he says. I don't subscribe to the entire 37 Signals philosophy, but this one was exactly why I love Rails. And for me, it, like I've always been looking for the tool set that I can use, that I can sort of wield, you know, as a one person to produce things with high business value or to solve customer problems or solve my own problems. Yeah. So, I mean, you can literally spin up a Rails app in just a few seconds, deploy it and create an MVP, which is in a few hours, you can get a lot of progress done. Mm-hmm. But that small little thing can also scale to something that's extremely large too. Yeah. Yeah, th- exactly. Yeah. So it's not a hobby or toy ecosystem or framework. It's something that can scale to extremely large companies. And we see the evidence of that. So it's proven in that way that it does scale for many companies, but it's also the same framework that you can drop into and start learning and it grows with you. I've been working with Rails since 2009. And prior to that, I was programming, like I was doing a lot of ASP Classic and some PHP, but Rails is where I felt like I really learned programming as more of a discipline. It's funny. I'm not very good at starting with the theoretical and going to the practical. I know that about myself. I'm much better at starting with the practical and moving back into the theoretical. So I really learned Rails before I even learned Ruby. And even before I learned object-oriented programming, you know, I was like applying stuff and building things and then realizing, oh, this is what, how it, this is what it means. This is why I would do things this way. But I had to start that way because what I cared about was building stuff. And that's always been the case for me. So 
knowing the Ruby and Rails community is where I grew up and learned software development and programming in particular. It's the place I want to stay. It's the place that I feel like I, I belong for that. And I feel like a lot of other people learning software development can experience the same thing in the Rails community. I'm sure you can do it other places, but for me, it just like worked really well to kind of grow up in this industry, in this community with this ecosystem. Yeah, I agree. For me, I started learning Rails in 2010. I think you and I had this topic of like, how do you know you're on to something? And I was thinking about that and thinking about Rails and I don't really know what it was that just kept driving me. There was just something about it. And I think other people have said that same thing about Ruby. It's just sort of a magical language. People enjoy using it. And I think that extends into Rails. And it's just been a tool that I can use in my business to build software, to build tools for people. And I just enjoy it. I've been doing this for almost 13 years now. Yeah. And I'm still excited about firing up the console, jumping into a Rails app. And like I roll up my sleeves when I see like a new feature and I'm excited to get started on it. And I'm still learning every day which is pretty amazing that you can work at something for so long and keep learning. And for me, I feel like a lot of people will say that, well, if you want to grow a business, then you have to step away from like the day-to-day things and can't do both. And I've sort of been torn about that in the past about running a business as opposed to working in a business. And I think with small independent businesses, you can actually do that and do quite well at it. And for me, I just don't want to really start a business without Rails. Yeah. Leaving one of my family members behind on a vacation <laughs> or something. I enjoy it too much to just step away from it. And so I want to make them both work together. I want to be an entrepreneur and I want to be a programmer. And I want to do both of those together. Yeah. That's cool. I like that. Another thing that keeps me here, maybe five or so years ago, there, or maybe it was even longer now, I can't remember. There started to be like this, what seemed like an exodus to things like Clojure and Elixir. Sure. I really got pretty nervous at that point thinking, oh no, everyone's going to leave. And that still happened. I mean, there are times where I've noticed that feeling come up where you notice someone prominent in the community leave and you're like, oh crap, like what's going to happen here? Uh, Going downhill now. Right, right. And I try to interrogate like, why do I feel like that? And one is for me, It's taken a long time to learn how to program and how to use the tools well. And what I care about is building stuff and knowing how is sort of just a prerequisite, you know, I guess. And Mm -hmm. so there's like an investment that you have to make wherever you are. So there's always this fear, like if the community gets abandoned and you get left behind or something, where would you go next? And could you do it? So sometimes feel some fear about that. But what I've realized is, okay, I've been working in this ecosystem since 2009, it's still here. It's still big. There's still jobs. It's been big enough to support most of my career. And the things that, I don't know if you heard this idea that like things that have already stayed around a long time are most likely to stick around a long time, but the things that are sort of newer are more likely to change. It's had that proof of staying power, I think. So I feel safe in the continued investment here. And that helps me kind of relax and just focus on building stuff. Not to mention you see really big companies, Shopify and so forth, that are putting money and time into this and are building their businesses around it. They're not going to give up on that for the long run. Yeah. If I was single, if I didn't have 
a family or something like that, it might be easier for me to spend other time to hedge my bets on that. Like explore other things. Yeah. yeah, but I don't really have a lot of time or energy to like, after a full-time job, also bone up on other skills as a hedge. But I haven't needed it. And there have been multiple times where I was like thinking, oh no, here it comes. Rails is done and it hasn't. And in fact, in the past year or so, it feels like there's this nice resurgence. And I'm super excited about that. That just makes me feel like there's even more staying power here. Yeah, agreed. We've had this full circle with JavaScript and Webpacker. And now we have Turbo and all the new hotwire toys. And still, the front-end frameworks continue to improve and find ways to work their way into the Rails app. So that's exciting as well. Yeah, it definitely is. So yeah, so if we answered the question of why Andy and why Rails, but what is Indie Rails? And why are we here on this podcast talking about it? And I think I touched on it a little bit earlier, but I want to improve myself. I want to learn more from people that are doing this. And I think there are other people out there that have a lot to share. And I just want to be the average of the five people around me. So I'm trying to put those people around me and just improve my career and my business. And hopefully I have something good to share. Then maybe I can give back some as well. Yeah. And this is definitely right up my alley. This is two things that are sort of core to my work identity, being independent and working in Rails or at least they have been for quite a few years. And meeting more people that do this, getting inspiration for how to improve myself. I think one of the things about being indie is that there aren't people over you, like a manager or a coach that's helping to guide your career. So you have to do it yourself. You have to find people that that push you and help you grow. Yeah, so independent has a lot of benefits, but we also don't want to silo ourselves. So... You need to have, whether it's forums or conferences or podcasts or what have you, masterminds, there are other ways to better yourself and to network with your peers. Yeah. Yeah. So that's definitely why I'm here and why I like this. So thanks, Jess. And yeah, we hope you all will join us. 